When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 748. Uh, this episode uh, also brought to you by the Fun Comfortable Tour. Oh. Well, I guess brought to you by because it's my podcast and my tour. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm performing in Los Angeles on Saturday night. I like night. the idea that you put like, money in your one hand and hand it to the other hand and went, that's a sponsorship. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, you know, I'm terrified because I- I'm legitimately insecure about performing in Los Angeles because it's such a difficult city to sell tickets in. And I don't know how the shows are doing because I haven't asked. I literally could show up to the Regent Ballroom downtown on Saturday night and perform to two completely empty shows. Oh, I've done something very similar to that downtown. <laughs> I know, and Lydia's inviting a bunch of her friends. They're like, what if they show up and no one's there? Oh, you've got to explain to her now. She's got to stop coming to stand-up completely. <laughs> uh, I banned my girlfriend from stand-up for a full year while I was working on stuff. Oh, been- <laughs> I was like, oh no, when these work, you can come. Yeah, but until then, ooh, ooh, uh, no. I'm just going to the store for an hour. <laughs> I'll be back. What do you got on the Nerdist Community Corkboard? Uh, I got a, a really cool one. It's the this guy Aaron, who's a listener, sent in a message that his friend Kyle is a ball cancer survivor. Oh wow! And uh, he took uh, that horrible, horrible lemon and turned it into lemonade. He does a, a YouTube series called Check 15. It's all about different ways you can check yourself for ball cancer. All right. It's a mixture of how to check yourself to make sure that you don't have anything going bad downstairs, but also in an educational and fun manner. Like, that's kind of the... That's that's full-on nerdist stuff right and I'm there. a little disturbed that you keep saying ball cancer. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it's... Ball cancer. The rest of it's, it's serious. Both, it's both hilarious and upsetting. <laughs> it's maybe the funniest disease. It's sad-larious, the way that you say ball cancer instead of testicular cancer. I mean, I mean butt cancer is worse. Yeah, no, don't. But... Come on, Kyle. Why? 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 Katie, what do you got on the corkboard? I just want to remind people to check out our other shows on the network. The Todd Glass Show has been great lately. We also have... Uh, the Nerdist Writers Panel, Bizarre States. Today we learn we have so many shows. And just go to Nerdist.com, click on podcasts, and they're all there. Excellent. Thank you, Katie Levine. You know, I got to say, people have been asking a lot. I feel like we need to do a hostful with you guys. Katie, I know you don't like talking about yourself, but people want to know more about Katie Levine. She's so upset. You know how long it took to get her to this point to just want to talk on the mic during Every Every time I hand her mic, I'm like, it feels like a small miracle. But the audience demands it. And we are You're like puppets Ron for Swanson. their entertainment. Like you want no one to know any information about you except what your dog looks like. What if it turns out that she's worked for the CIA the whole time? I would believe time? that 100%. Absolutely 100%. I for sure believe that You guys, right I now. have to go right now. And Sc- <laughs> Scout is actually some robotic technology. Oh, for that, sure. Which is why it's always in power down <laughs> mode. Oh, Scout right. is an acronym just, for something. <laughs> she's just recording everything. That <laughs> oh. oh, no. 
but yeah, I think we should sit down and maybe do a hostful with you guys just to, just so people get to know you a little bit more because they hear you all the time. They hear you howling in the background. Yeah. And if you ever want to hear that howling closer to the microphone, you should listen to This Is Rad, which is my podcast that I do with Matthew Burnside. Kyle Clark is rad on Twitter and KT underscore money on, on Twitter as well. It's fun uh, to call her that in real life. This episode is uh, Jonathan Kite. Who is so fucking funny? He was so great. We had to do the two, the two broke girls. He episode. is a silly man. Like he's he a is, silly. He is just you. He's one of those people like Andy Samberg, like Will Ferrell, where you just look at him and you start giggling because he's just funny. Well, he's, he maybe this is one of those podcasts funny. that people see the name and they go, "I'm not 100." Oh, that guy. Yeah. But then he's such a riff machine yeah. that it, like he's a guy that you can't you cannot out riff him. A lot, lot of giggles on this one. So if you uh, have signed up, good Kite. call. Two broke girls returns early 2016. You can also see his stand up and find out dates by following him on Twitter. At JB Kite, K I T E. Here's episode number 748 with Jonathan Kite. Kate, fly the kite. Oh, <laughs> I know. I hate myself. I hate myself. I hate myself. I hate myself. Now entering nerdist.com. If Cal was an Avenger, which Avenger would Cal be? That's so funny. We do, uh, if you ever go to like any of the Marvel movie premieres or something and you do the press line, it's always, what superpower would you? And uh, I still don't have a good answer. <laughs> no, you, you, they ask you like the weirdest. Like um, I, did, I went to a premiere for Horrible Bosses too, and they were like, what was the worst job you have? And all, you don't want to like throw people under the bus on television. Right. And so I was trying to think of like an acceptable story where I didn't deserve the firing. Like every other job I'd had that I'd been let go of, it was like pretty, it was like, yeah, you should have been out of there a long time ago. And so I'm trying to like think of, and and, and my answers were super lame and I saw them all back and it just looks like a guy who like didn't care. Well, they, it's hard because they're just trying to get sound bites. So it's, I think in those situations, the best thing you could do is just throw it so far into the past that it doesn't, or it's like, eh, when I was in college, I got fired from the gap, which is true. Oh, did did you get fired from the gap? Yeah. Well, let me put it this way. It wasn't so much that they were like, you're fired. They just stopped putting my name on the schedule. That happened to me. I was I worked at Dockers. <laughs> and, and, uh, they had a store? They had one store one time. It was like a it was like a lost experiment. And it was like it was in Old Orchard Mall. And what happened was <laughs> It's like the lost world, but with dads. But with <laughs> with pleats. <laughs> and like they it's so funny, they these two guys, one of the managers and one of the employees were stealing from the company. Oh. And I actually wound up being the one that they had pinned it on. And then they couldn't prove it. And then the guy literally skipped the country. Oh, Jesus. That's the true. That's the guy's name was Brian, if you're out there. <laughs> and um, he and this employee, they stole all this stuff from the safe. And then and then they were like, they like you know, they totally grilled me. And I'm like, how would I have any idea what the safe was? Nothing. And then of course the other two that they were trying to interview, they literally fled the country. Oh my God, with all their Dockers loot. Yeah, with which was worth nothing. You know, what'd be really funny is just to see them in a in a hideout somewhere in South America, but it's only from the waist down, and you just see them in the Dockers in a bunker. We sure got away with all that Dockers loot. What's in a Dockers safe besides money? Just money. Dockers bucks. <laughs> it's like it was like it, it was like them trying to come back and be the Gap. 
It was sure. when they were making a real push sure. to be, um, the, you know, the hip standard that is the Gap. And um, it was with a Levi store. And the only thing I really remember about it is a lot of um, tourists from Asia would come and try to buy like a hundred pairs of Levi's yeah. and resell them overseas. Sure. So that they would limit. So the Levi store was always packed with like people trying to, you know, do that. And the Docker store just looked like a depressing yard sale, <laughs> like a going out of business sale. You can just sell our opened. stuff in Asia. No, thanks. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. We make it there. We're fine. Why? I wonder why. No, I wonder why a store like that what wouldn't doesn't want to just sell 100 pairs of Levi's. Like, why would they? Why do you think they limit? I don't. It's, if they're going to sell, they're going to sell. Do you think they're just like, we don't want you to resell this where we can't profit from it? I think that's probably it. It, it, it felt like they yeah because they, they limited it to like two pairs per person so like families would just show up in a truckload and then everybody would just pick up like two pairs. I don't know I mean I don't understand retail so I'm sure there's a good reason for it but in my mind if I own a store I'm like I don't give a fuck who I sell a hundred pair of jeans to just buy a hundred yeah, pair yeah. of jeans I just need to get rid of these you jeans want, you want to sell these in China for more money I don't give a shit it's like I'm, it's not my problem anymore you're taking them out of my store right that's the job of the store yeah to sell, to sell jeans. What you do with them afterwards, if yeah. you want to sell them or turn them into a mate and have sex. Like, it doesn't matter what you do with it. If you want to come over and form it into a mate and we'll have a, a sex party with pillow. it. Or if you want to spread its uh, gene legs in my face and I'll eat it out. Like whatever you would want to do with it. If you want to bend it over and stick a finger in its gene butt, whatever you would want to do with it tonight uh, at my place. This whatever. Is, this is like the video for new employees at the <laughs> Levi's store. <laughs> It's just Hardwick like listing these things that we have like a really poor reenactment. <laughs> that would be, you know, I feel like it'd be really fun to go through and just and make joke versions of uh, store of new policy. employee, yeah, yeah. new employee, new hire videos. Well, well I, I tried to apply for a job at Abercrombie and Fitch at the same mall, and you had to be super pretty. And this is a podcast, so people can't tell, but um. I didn't fit the mold, so it looked like I looked like a narc. I, like I was in the room, like in the third or second interview, because my buddies worked there, and it was like the cast of the CW's Arrow, right? <laughs> and 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 Jonathan Paul Giamatti kite, and like like it just looked like I was wearing a wire from another like store. It looked like how did this guy Arrow, Arrow, the Flash, Sideways, Arrow, yeah. Arrow. Where's the Merlot? <laughs> it's, like, it's like teenage kids just, you know, crazy about wine. So you actually did not end up working at No, and then the video was like everybody in it was so good looking and it was just like a weird it was a weird video. Like it, it just didn't. It seemed like a movie. Like obviously they all get cast, but I mean this just seemed like um like I was like, is this for Abercrombie and Fitch or Wilhelmina models? Right. And it was just like how they they're like rep the brand, but then at the time they were trying to I think focus group or the focus for them was like forty year old men. So you'd have like these dads come in who were the exact opposite of the video, and like these young good looking guys and girls would like sort of trick these older men into buying clothes that sure. look poorly on them. It's aspirational. Like, they want to be associated with this cool... And it's yeah. kind of a gross way to market your brand. They have every right to do that, I guess, but I also have every right to not shop there. No, I would not. It's so, well, it's gross. There's like that, you know, that the, the horror movie The Fog? Yeah. That's like what the perfume is when you walk into Abercrombie. You're like hit oh, yeah. with that... 
like that that's like it's like a gross smell that it's, doesn't leave your it's nose. It's some type of mind control drug. It's real it's real they spray all the clothes with it or at least they did. Uh It's being pumped in through the the, the system. And I, I think it's I think they've replaced the blood of the employees with that cologne so that they just <laughs> exude it uh because they've all died inside. Oh uh, my they're god. They're basically just walking corpses. They they are they're mannequins yeah. that I wouldn't say came to life. Right. But they're just like they're like they're, it's like very it's like it's like mannequin the movie the store right it's just like they're just in <laughs> the movie the, the store, store. <laughs> they're just animated mannequin it's almost like a twilight zone episode where an old person goes in to get a new body and it's just all these kind of soulless you know like uh kind of automaton type creatures but i, I honestly uh and the bummer part is for the longest time abercrombie and fitch made the only boxers that didn't uh irritate my sensitive bits like because i like the boxer briefs yeah and thank god i'm not saying this because they've sponsored episodes but when me undies started sponsoring the podcast i was so happy because it meant i didn't have to buy abercrombie and fitch uh underwear anymore because uh, i i mean i honestly felt like i i it it felt like such a sith move to be buying abercrombie and fitch yeah like, and then and then having oh, this man, secret uh, hatred Emperor really sucks but uh his socks are so comfortable you know yeah the dark dark side socks are the best how know? did you figure that out that those fit you well um you know just years ago i made the because i used to wear just regular boxer shorts and um and then you know i uh, decided at one point uh, a long time ago like maybe i need a little more support in my day and so happened to be in the uh, cologne cloud of Abercrombie and Fitch and saw the boxer brief and thought oh that's a nice if they're not briefs which to me are ridiculous looking underwear yeah, uh, yeah. they're children's underwear yes. feel, it feels weird they're uh, garanimals they're garanimals yeah. yeah and so uh i liked the little trunk on the boxer brief so i bought a pair and they were really comfortable and they were kind to my area and uh, then it was just like well and and i did i tried you know, I would go to like Nordstrom and and try a bunch of other brands, and they there was always uh, there was always like ah, these aren't comfortable, or they're rubbing, or it's not, and it and it was like I I was I was uh, I was a slave to the soft weave of the Abercrombie and Fitch, but the but the MeUndies brand is is actually like a million times better, so I I've been freed. But I understand that about being like a loyalist, like it's like you really choose your your side like your civil war with your underwear because it's something that you you don't want to have to think about that like i only wear calvin klein's because one time i was like in a marshall's and, and they were on sale the 50s and you met your yeah mom. i have a purple and i was like no it's jonathan <laughs> like why how do you even know what my underwear says and um and so i but i well that's pr- maybe but he has he has on the briefs he has the briefs yeah he had the purple briefs and and i i was like oh these are super cheap so i'll i'll buy them and then they like they were perfect. And so like I just now I don't so that I don't have to worry about because I was overseas and they didn't have like they had like, you know, like the off brands like like Kluven and Clean. And <laughs> I remember like I bought like I was like, oh, my God, I, I ran out of underwear on a trip. And it was like one of those things where it was like it was super hot out and you were just like, you're not going through that. You know, this isn't college. Oh, these are made of cow hooves. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But only the front part that the touches your part, wing. Yeah, it touches the wing. They really hold the, the inside of a cow. It's the, right. It's, it's the, the other that holds your sack. Yeah, it holds and, and it is it is one of the small. I mean, I I do think in I do think in in um, in most sectors, um, men have it easier in in a lot of ways. But the one thing that's difficult difficult to convey is how important underwear choice is because it really has to cradle these external things 
that are just always out in the open and need to be uh, taken care of. Uh, yes, in special. It, it's in like special it's ways. like a, you you have like it's like a papoose. Yes, you just have like this baby <laughs> hanging like off a dick you. Bjorn. Yeah, you get it. It's a. <laughs> I don't know if I do, but it, it's but, my name of my dick is Sacagawea. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the problem is that uh it it really can ruin like one bad pair of underwear or one or if your underwear gets wet if you're swinging it can completely ruin your day well that's what it was the cleveland clunes or whatever i when i bought them i was like oh these will be fine they look acceptable and they were the most infuriating thing it's just like the elastic was weird on one of the legs and it just looked and it, they were kind of falling apart like the moment i bought them and put them on was like the moment they began to die yeah and so it, it like it didn't ruin the trip but it was one of these things where i was like man don't ever try and they were expensive too they were like it was when the euro was crushing the dollar yeah and so i could only afford like two pairs and it was, and they both wound up just being like garbage bags. Side note: I named my balls Lewis and Clark. I wish I had said that earlier. Um, but it's nice to, it's nice to. You were on the pot. You were on the at midnight show a while yeah. back, and it was really fun. That was and, so, dude. It was awesome. Thank you so much for of having course. me. Of course. And then you, uh, you were also. Friends with an old friend of mine, Steve Stephen P. Beniquist. Oh my God! When he found out that I was going to be on, he was like, "Please tell Mr. Hardwick hello." A Beniquisto. A Beniquisto. Uh, yeah, see, see. See, he's it was Italian name, and then they dropped the O oh, to sound American. Sound American. Yes, because we won. We. <laughs> What did we win? Steve, uh, Steve was a, a, a dear old comedy friend of mine from um, years ago. Like he was one of the first uh, kind of. He was one of the first friends that I had in the open mic scene when I started, you know, doing stand up in the late nineties. We ran an improv 2000s. team together, and so that's how we kind of got to know. Um, we competed in the uh, I O West cage match. Oh, nice! And so he, um, he and I, and some of our good friends, like we, we just went for a long time. So we became super close because we would have to perform and compete every week. Mm-hmm. So that really is like a band of brothers. It kind of you know really secures that friendship. So yeah, I've known him a long time. He's such a great guy. Uh, so you are you must be are you going back soon? To yeah, work? in a week. Oh, you're going back in a week. Yeah, yeah. It's like school. It it totally is. Whenever we like, I always Instagram first day of school because we're everyone's back. We haven't seen each other. We we're like comparing trapper keepers, and it's like it's just it's weird because you've been off all summer, and the, you know, like there's that moment in um, the movie Armageddon when they like know that they have a day off in between. They're gonna have to go in space, and they just like go to the each corner of the earth. Yeah, like the moment we wrap, we like we're gone. <laughs> we disperse, you know, like rats when the or roaches when the lights go on. So we really haven't seen each other probably in like four months. Oh wow! So it's like a really cool, um, like hey, how are you? Like first, yeah, and that first week back is like impossible to get I, the work done. I saw Beth at the uh, Terminator Genesis premiere. I see her around from time to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because her boyfriend was in it. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I didn't see. How was the movie? It was fun. It's really fun. Like it's you know, I, I I don't think it got a ton of critic love, but I sort of feel like neither did Waterworld. And let me just say, I love Waterworld. That yeah, that that I that that's one of those movies where even people of of even millennials are like, oh, Waterworld. And they're like you haven't even seen it. Yeah, it's sort of it kind of got that uh, every every handful of years a movie comes along. Like Ishtar. I was just going to say it's my generation's Ishtar. And, and I've heard other people go, you know, Ishtar's not that bad. But I think, you know, what I think part of the part of the the negative press that it gets is that these films were born out of a time where it was old media. And if something 
did not meet expectations. It was a com- like the, the 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 definition of bombing was a lot different back then. Yeah, of course. Be- well, also it, it, it they cost so much because the entire set was on water, right? And then like, which I mean, come on, if you're not James Cameron, you can't do that. And um, they would also like it got blown away in a hurricane or something, so they had to rebuild in the middle of shooting. And so, like, it cost double or something like that it would have cost anyway. So I feel like if it had only cost the original outrageous money, would still people have thought it bombed? I just, you know, I I appreciate Kevin Costner's uh, kind of M.O. of, all right, Dances with Wolves. I'm just going to keep making these these epic movies. But then it just... It's like you know, break it up a little bit. Every movie doesn't have to be an ep- doesn't have to be Waterworld Every and the movie Postman. Have to top the last one, minute wise, right? <laughs> That's how you know you're doing better. Yeah, yeah, it's longer, more time, more, more time, more money, more screen time. I got to get better reel out of Fuck this. Fuck it, let's tear the set down and build it again. We got to spend more money. Waterworld you know, two. It's like it- still wet. <laughs> <laughs> what from the first one? Yeah, it just, but it's, well, it's uh, like Planet of the Apes. Yes, the only reason they have seventy of those movies is because they had all those costumes. <laughs> they got to do something. I can't believe they didn't make like a whole Waterworld television series and like you know where it's just like them at a beach. Yeah, it became Baywatch or something. What a watery world we live in. Save that guy. <laughs> Save that. Yeah, but it's. Uh, uh, I, I think when you see, I, I like to see actors who kind of. You know, okay, I did this crazy epic movie, and then I did this weird comedy, and then I did this kind of indie thing, and then I did a superhero thing, and then I did a weird dark thing. You know, it's like you like seeing people, but I'm sure there's a pressure of – Well, that's the thing. Power's a weird thing because I think like like one of my favorite actors is uh, Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. And I think of Michael Keaton, in my opinion, and I love Tom Hanks as like my, one of my idols too – had a better career in the 80s than Tom Hanks did. Yeah. And then, you know, he, or like a more, he was maybe more famous. He was doing bigger blockbusters. I mean, the memorable films like Beetlejuice, Mr. Mom, I mean, everything he was doing. Yeah. And then you realize that there is a pressure because you want to keep growing in the ranks. And then you realize he did like Jack Frost, which I don't know, maybe I would have accepted that movie too. But at some point, you kind of jump the shark. Right. And then you're past that point. It's like, how close can you get to that edge? I think he did Multiplicity before. For, I think he Multiplicity did. was the first one where I was like, uh, I don't know. If, and, and I thought well, – I, I like that I like Multiplicity too, but I think in terms of, of uh, perception in the industry, I think that was the first one that didn't explode. Because Tom Hanks really was just doing madcap comedies and romantic com- – like That were comedies. bombing, by the way. Joe that, versus the Volcano. Bachelor Party was huge, though. I love it. I own it. Bachelor Party was huge. But it wasn't until Big – Big was really the absolutely, movie that, and that was late eighties, and so yeah. that was that was the movie that really like, cause, you know, Splash obviously was a big thing for him, but Big was the movie that this that started his train to you know. Well, that he did it in a slow build, and he like kind of survived the madcap eighties, yeah, because so many of those guys that did screwball comedies, they didn't really have a career in the nineties because they were kind of looked at like I I love Steve Gutenberg, but his career in the 80s is significantly different than his career in the 90s. Sure. And so the thing is like it's interesting that Tom Hanks by the end of it is the screwball was kind of trailing off. He did the right move of doing big. Yeah. Of of showing of being a screwbally because he was essentially a kid in an adult's body. But he and he was also lucky enough and fortunate enough to have been uh, in the right group of people with Penny Marshall and oh, Gary Marshall absolutely. and the Babalu Mandels and all those all those people and so it that that really helped but, too. But it was a huge jump from like big to AIDS. Yeah, and that was you know that was probably a, a risk on everybody's part 
But it was such a like that. That's one of those things. It's just a great chess move, right? I mean, a great script, obviously. I mean, incredible. But for him, for someone, a studio, for anybody to make that decision to be like, you know, who would be really good is the guy who just played an adult kid, right? You know, because people will connect with him. Like it makes sense on paper, but at the time, that those two movies are just such you know huge leaps. Well, apart. I'm sure it's hard because the way I mean, I think the viewing audience sees a certain chronology of film releases. And I, I don't think they understand how it, you know, like if someone makes three or four movies that are similar in a row, they've probably made them before any of them come out. And then they start coming out and people are like, why do you just like, oh, I don't know. I just was making these. And now it seems like a that's pe- the weird thing about gaining weight and losing weight, because <laughs> yeah. you'll see like somebody who made a film when they were maybe super heavy or super thin. And then like they'll not be that way anymore. And then they're like, "Here's a new movie from this guy," and and you're just like, "Whoa! How many years ago was that shot?" Yeah, because you don't look anything like that anymore. Right. And these studios will like shelve stuff until like your star is rising, and then they'll just you know try to be like, "Yep, get in on that star." Yep. They'll like Marty McFly it on the back of a, a <laughs> car with a skateboard. So, uh, did you do a movie or anything when you had your break? Or no, I I actually toured. I I got into stand up a few years ago, mm-hmm. and the summer is really the only time that I. I can tour around. Yep. And so I I did like a pretty large like um, a tour all around the country and then I went to Toronto and I actually just got back from China. Oh wow. Doing stand up, which was You stand up in China? Yeah. It was amazing. Dude, it was so sick because A, they know I mean the younger generation, they speak English very well. So it's like you know, people were like, is there a huge language barrier? I'm like, yeah, maybe twenty years ago, but not now. And so the show I was told when when I was there that Two Broke Girls is the number one non-Chinese show in the country. So everybody who came out, I, I actually played a theater for the first time. I'd never played theaters before because in you know in the states and like I you know in Canada for me it's always like the club circuit. But they I sold out a theater there and that was pretty nuts. And and they all knew. So I had to, the weird thing was though I don't do Two Broke Girls material because like I think the show is very fun and funny, but I don't really I'm in it so I don't really have that like. I don't know, like, the jokes to make about it. Like, to me, it's a very different thing. That I it's think a character. People... You play a character. Exactly. And then everyone wants to know, like, you know, HR jokes and sexual harassment. You know what I mean? But I don't just do those because, you know, they're just not a part of my act. So I had to write, like, 25 minutes because they specifically asked, can you do material on the show? Oh. And I remember thinking, like, I guess. But I don't, you know. So I literally had to go back and, and, and tell stories. I tried to make it like a... A kind of a, these long stories that had kind of jokes along the way mm-hmm. that I'd never told before. And you I guys know that, Morgan Murphy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I had a slideshow behind me, <laughs> just rando pictures. Morgan was another one in our uh, little open mic. She's awesome. Group. I, uh, I, I, I famously, well, famously to Morgan and me, uh, bought Morgan her first legal alcoholic beverage when she turned twenty-one. Oh, really? I did. Yeah, I was still drinking a lot back then. Uh, so naturally, I wanted everyone else to do it too. But uh, you're yeah. of age. Join me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Morgan, Morgan and Jonah Ray. Like I met all of those people at B- BJ Novak and Dan Mintz. Like it was all oh. this, a similar. Isn't similar that crazy? Time. Like if you're here long enough. Um, the people that you start out with like become the people. Stay in the game. Yeah, I mean, like if you can survive that, like the it's funny, like you go to a thing and you realize, like I went to a premiere the other night and there was I had been in the business I guess long enough where the, I realized I looked around and I was like, oh my god, I know that person, I know that person, but that's so it just feels weird. Yeah, I we all knew each other back when we were all like 
you know, working whatever jobs and like being like, we're both going to make it and high fiving randomly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it really is like the, the baby turtles in the sand. Yeah. And if you, but you know, a lot of people, if, if, if you can just stay in the game, a lot of people actually just give up. And there's, you know, they're just screaming to the eat me, please. Yeah, yeah, consume me, world. Yeah, they're yeah. like, but if you Jedi, can make it, they're just can make it to the, the water, pit. you know, you you have a you have a, an excellent shot just by virtue of the fact that most people will give up. Yeah, and it's it's cool. Like you want to see your friends succeed. Like that's the cool thing about we just said Steve Beniquist. Like he's still out here. You know, he's working, and I've known him now so long that it just feels cool that we're kind of like in it together. Yeah, that your friends are are on this journey. It, it's nice, you know, to see your friends succeed and know that, like, hey, man, we're we're all making it. This is cool. Um, do you? Uh, how many seasons has Two Broke Girls been on? We're about to start season five. Whoa! That's I try to explain to my father, um, who he like. If I ever came out with a comedy album, I thought I was going to call. It, I think I'm going to call it. My dad always wanted me to be a plumber. Yep. Because like I would tell him I would get a job. And he would be like, "Great," and I'm like, "No, it's a, it's a big deal." And he was like, "How many days are you working?" <laughs> and you know, I'm and I'm like, "It's not. I don't really have a punch card, but it's you know, it's like we, we got picked up for a season." And so, like, I I try to tell him the magnitude of going five seasons, like that's impossible. I told, him. I was like, "You could know a million actors forever, and you know, never one of them would be on a show for five years." Yeah, it's not being a plumber. Yeah, because plumbers don't go into syndication. Yeah, exactly. So. He's like, "Yeah, but plumbers." I guess I said to him, "I go, Dad, you're the only because he he was." Not worried about stability, but he's always like, well, how's the money? And he knows that the landscape is changing. I'm like, the only plumber that makes more money than me is Super Mario. <laughs> Not Luigi. No, come on. No, Luigi. Luigi's living off of Mario's couch. Seriously. Just hanging around haunted houses. I uh, I honestly, I think the way to express it is like, look, Dad, um, imagine if you got paid for 20 years for a sink that you fixed one time one time yeah exactly it's like it's like uh you unclog a drain and then you just get checks for that drain every week i told he and i think that that because that doesn't happen in any other like almost any other profession right. you know you know you know outside the arts and so i think that's a weird concept for people to understand i mean they're very my parents are very supportive and wonderful but it's you know i take a step back and i'm you know <clears throat> season five just seems like insane to me. I mean, I'm so thankful, but it's like, you never think, like when you do a show, you hope you're like, oh man, I hope the pilot gets picked up. Yeah. Man, I hope we get picked up for a full season. And then when we got like season two, it was like, you know, it was like we we're all jumping up and down like freeze frame credit sequence. Like we couldn't, you know. It, it was... really takes that long. I mean, even like Big Bang Theory was, it took many seasons and by and then at a certain point, it just tips, and it's like, okay, well, now this is one of the biggest shows in the world. Like, it just, but it takes that long. Yeah, well, especially today with all of the competition that's out there, you know, it's. It, I think when people had less options, you kind of knew what was going to go and what wasn't. You know, it's like when there was like the four major, and then, but now everything is everything is successful. I mean, like cable, internet, it's all you're you're like competing against everything. Yep, and so you you're just never. We're just never sure. Like, obviously, we love being on the show, and we we hope that people like continue to watch and are having as much fun viewing it as we are making it. But you know, like we, I think maybe you haven't, but like you ever do something where you're like, "This is gonna kill," and then you see the final product, and you're just like, "Oh, my career's over. It's gonna kill my career." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, abs- of course, of course, because there's so many factors that you can't control. So it isn't it is insane. I- I'm going through it with. Uh, well, I can't believe we're already. We're we're gonna go into our third season of At Midnight in October. Congratulations! And and and, and our fifth season of Talking Dead that freaks me out too. Like five years is half a decade. You That's fucking a, crazy. You had a buddy of mine on Talking Dead, Ross Marquand. Oh, Mar- Ross is great. 
I've known Ross for a long, long. He's another guy where like we just knew each other for so long, and then it was like when he got that, I couldn't have been happier for him. And he's uh, he's doing a great job on the show, and instantly, you know, it was it was fun for. I think it's fun for people to see the comedy dimension in people, you know, because it, people who weren't familiar with him before, and they yeah. see him on Walking Dead, and then <laughs> yeah. find out, like, oh, he's this great impressionist, and yeah. he does this really great, he does the best Harrison Ford. Uh, he, does the, he does a lot of great impressions, but, uh, but just, I think, seeing that kind of depth gives people... And that's the other thing about hanging in for a long time is that by the time people do discover you, it gives them this kind of rabbit hole to go down and go, oh, wow, I, this guy does all these other things that I had no idea about. Yeah, well, you're invested, so then you see them as people instead of just characters. Right. You know, which is which is cool. I mean, that that's the other thing that that's nice about being like on a season as long as we have that like you get to kind of like like here like expressing myself as a person and not as like a Ukrainian chef, which is great for the show. <laughs> but you'd be surprised when I was in China, they honest to God, they all think that that's me. Oh like, really? Oh my! It's it like blows them away. Like, like the the biggest question I always get asked is, um, have you ever seen the show Two Broke Girls? And um, I'm like, yeah. And they're like, has anyone ever told you you look like the chef? <laughs> and like, I was with my mother um, in Minnesota doing stand up, and and she came along for the ride, and it happened when we were together, and my mother just turned and she's like, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> I never know how to answer that question when people are fishing around. Like, do you ever watch Talking Dead? Well, technically, no. No, I've never seen it. I don't yeah. watch it because uh, you know. Yeah, I lived I'm, it. I'm on it. Yeah, you should I'm say that. It. You go. No, I live it. Yeah, but uh, but it is one of those like yes. Well, you don't know what to say because I never say like it's me from the show. Like yeah. I never do that. One time I was in Chicago, I got taught a lesson because um I never said it and there was like one day I was back and somebody had asked me, I probably got asked like three or four times in one day and I was just like they're like how do I know you? How do I know you? And then I think I was like doing something and I was trying to leave a place with a buddy who I hadn't seen in a while and they were like, "Hi, do I know you?" And I literally I think I was almost like getting into a car or something and I turned and it just because I I didn't want to like I didn't want to be rude, but I also didn't want to, you know, like get into like a, a conversation about it. And so I was like, "Oh, I have you ever seen the show Two Broke Girls?" And they're like, "No, you know what? I know your brother." Right, right, right. I've that was the, the one time, and I was before. like, "Oh my and, god!" And, and you know what people don't understand is like, no, but this is something that happens all the time. I'm not being a dick. It's just this is something that happens all the time, and so I'm conditioned to think that that's what this is. Yes. Please, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm yeah. Not trying to be- and then I, of course I did stay and have the conversation because I felt like <laughs> such an ass. <laughs> So I was like, "Yo, tell me more. Tell me more." I'm like, "We'll be late to the movie. It's fine." <laughs> I think maybe like uh, a year and a half, two years ago, I sat next to Cat on a plane back from New York. Oh, cool! And uh, and we struck up a conversation because uh, she doesn't love flying, and uh, and so you know, and and I used to not like flying, and I just I I did a 180 on it, and so I'm but I'm very sympathetic when people because I understand it. Yeah, yeah. What didn't you like about flying? Um, well, I think it was a lot of, uh, it, 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 first I think it was the, the, the human factor of like, we shouldn't be up this high. Uh, then yeah. it was also a little bit of claustrophobia and, but they all boiled down to control issues and just sort of being trapped on a thing that I didn't have control over. And then when I realized in 2009, 2008, 2009, that I was going to start touring a lot with comedy, I was like, well, I can either be a basket case every time I get on a plane or road trip or I can just fucking let it go and so I you know it took a while but I would I chipped away at it with each flight I got better and better and less stressed and less stressed and I got these great um, uh, kind of meditative relaxing flying 
programs. Oh, yeah, yeah. To sort of walk you through. And, you know, eventually it just went away and I actually, now I just fall asleep. Like it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't freak me out. I don't get worried anymore. I don't, it doesn't. So, but I am very sympathetic when someone's nervous and like, hey, you know, it's, I used to be there. It's totally fine. We're good. Yeah. You know. And some, well, that's the thing is someone like you who does fly a lot, that like means something. Cause I, like, I always, I always figured like when I was on a plane that we were going to die. Like there was because I went through a lot of like weird flights and stuff where yeah. one and one time we almost crashed. Like it was one of these things where I think that we were we were caught in a storm. I've been caught twice, once in a lightning storm yep. and once coming back from New York to L.A. And there was like these two um, very old. I mean, like like old enough to be Chinese deities, mm-hmm. like sitting next <laughs> to me and this woman and I'm in like the corner like the back kind of like the worst seat in a movie theater. Mm -hmm. And this woman is just vomiting in a bag next to me. And the plane is going up and down like a yo-yo. And like the, the the flight attendants who are supposed to be the most calming, you know, like, um, uh, you know, animals in the world is just running up and down the aisle, like a, like a character and a sketch. And he, and he's just like, is there a doctor? Is there a doctor? And like, I guess when on one of the bumps, somebody hit their head or something. And so it was, the whole thing was going to hell. Well, bad. I mean, you know, uh, b- bad call on that flight attendant's part because I feel like they are supposed to be trained. They are, and that was what worried. He was the thing that worried. Of me. course, you look to him because they're on. They're on a million flights, you know. And if they're freaking out, then you know, like you you do look around and go, okay, well, they seem fine. Yeah, so I'm like, is this fine. your first rodeo? <laughs> and he and he was flipping out. And I remember, like, I closed my laptop. I put my head down on the tray and I was like, this is it. This is how you're going to go. Because I, I like genuinely, and then I remember thinking like after that experience, I like, I was never afraid on a plane. Like, you know, like those smaller cities, you have got to take a little charter planes, you know, I'm like the plane that Bane crashed in dark Knight <laughs> rises was, you know, bigger than the plane I'm on right now. Right. And so those things, like if, if somebody farts, like the plane kind of does one of these, right. you know. But after that experience, I'm just like, you know what? If it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Yeah, and and uh, s- several, and it's obviously it's not impossible. It just is less likely. But several things have to go wrong for that to happen. But I, but I still also feel like, you know what? Statistically, it is safer than walking out into the street. Oh, totally. And, and I, you know, and and I also feel like well, just because it's publicized, when something happens like that, it becomes yeah. like the biggest thing in the world. If they if they reported every time a flight landed safely, yes, you would never. I mean, or the time just, every time there was a car accident, right? If they were, that's all. There would have to be a Fox News channel that was just called car accidents. <laughs> Someone from Fox, like, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, and they're like, oh, shit. Shit out of people. <laughs> all right, Rupert Murdoch, <laughs> contact me. Contact me if you're listening. Another um, car accident at the corner of Western and Hollywood. Sorry, Chris, don't mean to interrupt. Obama. Uh, yes, yeah, so I don't. Have to, I don't mean to interrupt, but there was. Uh, we have the breaking news. Another car accident. Oh, I, I'm just breaking in too. There's actually three more car accidents over here. Yeah. Thanks, oh, Obama. hold on. Give me one more. It's just them. Always twenty four hours of breaking news. Yeah, car accidents. And, and, and I think I, I think I'm just more comfortable now with like, well, I don't know. I mean, if they, at, at a certain point you kind of have to go like, well, if if I'm gonna die that way, I'm there's nothing. That's I can what do I'm saying. It. I'm not. It's like I'm not. I can't not live my fucking life. And planes you know? are safer now. Like there's those one called the Dreamliners the or dream whatever. I, I I took one once, and it's like supposed to level off. So even if there's bad turbulence, like there's something in the plane that makes it feel you just don't feel every little thing. Right. It's like the. It's like it, you know. It's like when, um, riding up high in like an SUV as opposed to a low rider. Right. So that you don't feel anything. 
And so I remember that. I was like, we could have died and I wouldn't know. <laughs> it's, you know, I think that's what they were flying and lost. Yeah. A dream, like they all died and didn't know because they were on a Dreamliner. You know, it'd be great if, uh, if, if they could install something where if it seemed like the plane was going to not make it, that they would just like shoot uh, nitrous oxide. I was just going to say that. <laughs> that they start pumping it full and you're like, yeah. whoa, man. <laughs> Maybe that's what's in the, the oxygen. The oxygen. And so there's a setting where it's like, boom, give them the nitrous. But, uh, you know. I'm sure there are people who are listening to this on a plane right now going, why are you talking about this? But here's the thing. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to be okay. With the calming voices of Hardwick and Kite. Hardwick and Kite are here to remind you, you're going to land safe. It may not seem like it by now, but you're going to be Sorry, okay. I got to interrupt this. There's uh, yes. an accident. <laughs> <laughs> There's a car accident, but several car accidents below you. Below you that you can't right see. Now you're flying over a ton of car accidents. Thank God you weren't in one of those cars. I mean, think how, how thankful should you yeah, be to be on Thank God that, you fly. On that plane. That should be Americans like, thank God you flew. <laughs> <laughs> but you you do it's i mean and when you have to fly you're right the more you do it you just figure your body's just like whatever yeah i mean it's just i can't you, you get to a point where there's only so much anxiety that your shoulders can handle and then you know like, there are some planes though to be can't. fair to people who do have that fear that look like the plane from con air right. like you got to update these planes man so they just look like old like all the seats are like old lazy boy f- like furniture from Ashley furniture from 1983 <laughs> and you like th- this I, I understand that they can change the, me- the like the mechanical parts that make the plane fly but when I get on a plane and I see like old ashtrays fused shut yes. with like cigarette burns still on them come I'm like, on could you just fucking replace this you're telling me that there's carpet in front of me like you remember when they used to put like, <laughs> like carpet yeah. on everything yes I was just like this doesn't make like this seems like a disaster movie that goes down I I uh, uh, I, I've I've been very much enjoying uh, American Airlines lately. Virgin America's great. Um, Delta, you know, Delta's good. De- Delta's good. Delta has good uh, headrests. But um, you know, I gotta say, like every time I fly United, I'm like, nope. I was just gonna again. say, I'm the only person I know who has a positive experience on United. You do? I do, and I don't know what it is. Like, fly with me. Um, and uh, we'll have a positive experience. They have a lot of leg room, which I'm not like super tall. I'm not MBA height, but like like on some of those planes, like there's just no leg room for me. So I my my brain just kind of was like, oh yeah, we're going to use United because it feels bigger. And then I just had good experiences. The last few times I've flown United, it just like the planes were older and the and the service wasn't great and the food was bad like just kind of every it was just like a checklist of like oh that too oh that too and there was no internet and that too, you know it was just- I totally get it. I flew you know I'm the way with Virgin cuz everyone I know flies Virgin it has like this you know euphoric experience <laughs> and then I went on Virgin a couple times and I was like the the flight crew was brought to you by the adjective snarky <laughs> well you know like right when you get down and they, I mean their their previous uh seatbelt thing was like for the points one of you you fucking idiots and i appreciate that so they were a sense of humor yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah of course but the but i i will say well, their that, slogan was like virgin we're not your dad's airline <laughs> your dad's a dumb piece yeah. of shit but it but it's uh but now with virgin i will say the seatbelt jingle that does drive me a little kooky. Yeah. Like I've heard it. It's adorable when you hear it the first couple times, but if you hear it with regularity, it's just like, the guy, don't make me tell you again. Like, just fucking, just tell me to sign my seatbelt. The guy who recorded that committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it's for just, what I've done. It's just playing, and his body's just swinging back and forth. That's how they found him. <laughs> On the reel-to-reel. 
It was recorded on reel to reel. Hilarious. It was in the bathroom on Virgin. (laughs) They have huge stalls. It's like a handicapped stall in a Virgin plane. It's, uh, they have good amenity. Like there's they're good, great. Yeah. yeah, the food is really good, and you know you feel like you're almost. And that's the thing is like I feel like. And listen, I'm gonna we're gonna get tons of calls about my snarky comment, but I don't know what it was about. Repeatedly, I get weird staff. Like everybody is, it's like everybody's just waiting for their modeling career to take off. Or, it's or, their last flight, or it's kind of like that old like Ed Debevix model of like, hey, they, it's funny because they're being snarky on purpose, and then at a certain point, it's like, can I just? I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to steeplechase. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to rest. I just want the check. I just. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. Okay, your Majesty, yeah. give me the fucking check. Yeah. Whoa. Sorry, didn't realize we had a transaction to do here. Yes, we do. It's a restaurant. I have to go. Why did I come in here? It's my fault. That, that, that you're so right, though. I remember like Ed DeBevix are some of the longest meals I've ever had, and it's, they, no wonder they don't turn over tables there. You think it's going to be fun? And this whole idea of like, let's go to a place where they jokingly treat us like shit. Hey, yeah, that's what the fifties <laughs> is known for. <laughs> 1950s when we all hated each is. other. Yeah, well that that would be the real Ed DeBevics. They would only treat people of color that way. <laughs> that would be terrible. That would be terrible. That would be the worst. You're like, why would you? They're like, this is a real fifties yeah. diner. We, we, uh, we're diehard reenactors. Okay, yeah. lasted one day. Someone burned it down. Crazy. Do you have a Jim Crow section? <laughs> That's that nuts. doesn't make sense. I mean, come on. Guys. You can still smoke in there. I mean, I appreciate authenticity to a degree. But I I was there. We being from that area, like we were. I actually went to Edibevix all the time growing up around the Beverly Center. Oh no, was there one out here? Where were you grow up? Chicago. Oh yeah, there was an Edibevix by the Beverly Center for oh, years. My God, we had one Same downtown thing. and in the suburbs. And it was all it was all like it was like basically like improv act and sketch yeah, actors. That's and they, of course from Chicago. Course, Same thing. Yeah, course. yeah. Which in theory is fun. And, but, but Well, the pitch is dynamite. We're going to get these. Ele- <laughs> it's like, have you been to Michelli's? Oh, of course. Gym, yeah. Where it's like, it's, it's going to be these great singers, which, by the way, I love great Italian food and I love great singers. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I think is a little bit like, is, is a little bit like intrusive is if you're ever on a date there and someone is like singing, like, bring them home from Les Mis, like at the table. Where, you know, with the mic turned you, to you, Spinal you, Tap you, you 11. You just know not to go there on a first date if you want to converse. Yeah. Or you do go there on a date where you don't want to have to talk a lot because it gives you, oh, we can talk about the waiters. We don't have to talk about ourselves. Michelli's number one choice for blind dates. <laughs> but it's like, you're right. that you, 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 That is going to be like, that is a third person on that date. That's like a you, me, and Dupree date. Right. And so you have to like you have to prepare for that because I a buddy of mine works there and you know we go all the time and I have my birthday there many many years in a row and it was I feel like that's a cool setting but I see all these people on dates and like it always just looks like the date isn't going well oh you want uh, we on a date together yeah uh, me and the boys uh, we fuck your date on the pasta sink no it's it, your date is a family style <laughs> family wait what. <laughs> Oh, the pepper. oh, stop. What are you? That's, uh, that's not a, the pepper that I'm crushing on. Yeah, it's oh, not come uh, on, yeah, Luigi. You want some come on your salad? No. No. Luigi, please. You, this is why you can't hold down a job. No, he said no. Stop unzipping. Oh. Hey, Luigi, it's a Mario. Will you stop embarrassing the family? He owns the restaurant, he owns too. The restaurant, yeah. He Mario. owns every job that Luigi is like. He's he, trying to help him. He's an assistant manager, Luigi. <laughs> Even Wario has a better position <laughs> at the job. <laughs> <laughs> than Luigi. Oh, you're telling me Toad is the manager? At a certain Luigi, point, I can't bump you up. At a certain point, just going to be like, Bowser, I can't deal with Luigi anymore. We Will had you that conversation him? ago. Please just let him, let him know. 
the other who, who what's the the shy guy the shy guy who hates confrontation from Mario 2 has to fire Luigi <laughs> hates it but you know it's I think that's like um like those theme thing it's funny I didn't know that Ed Bevix was out here yeah yeah it closed years ago but it, when I was in high school and college it was it was out here yeah it, it's it's a weird it is it's such like a great it's like the obviously they had um what, what's it called Hollywood uh what was the Hollywood Planet, thank you. Planet Hollywood. It's like a great idea. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, um, uh, uh, who else was it? Um, Sly. And then Bruce Willis were like going to make this, you know, there was going to be like a theme there. Yeah, but, a bit off the hard rock. Let's make the hard rock, but for movies. Exactly. And then you get in there and you're kind of just like, oh, so this is like a Schwarzenberger. Right. You're like, well, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I just made it. But it's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like the most, ri- like, then there was nothing. Like, the Inception, like, that's almost a sketch, like, pitching themed restaurants yeah. that never go anywhere. I think it was the Schwarzenegger with Juice Willis. Oh, uh, that was the breakfast sandwich. Yeah, but it'll make you die hard. Or no, uh, or the Schwarzenegger rolls. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even, you always puke those up, <laughs> and they're like, they'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Remember when God. I said that you would shit me out last? <laughs> I lied. Pasta la vista, uh, pasta la vista, pasta baby. La vista. Oh! I didn't. Where were we're we doing, there? We're literally no, writing a menu. We're go there. That probably is. Yeah, a real that's thing. a real yeah. thing. The worst, the worst, hackiest thing you can think of is actually probably a real thing somewhere. Rocky Road. That's the only thing Sly <laughs> can come up with. <laughs> oh, I got ice cream. Okay, Sly, give us a second, buddy. <laughs> Oh, he just no. Yeah. I think it's uh, cradle the matzo balls. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Uh, hi, hi. How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're already we're, we're recording the previous podcast before. Okay. So welcome to being on this one. Come on in. It's a crossover podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, Diablo Cody is going to be recording next. Oh, that's awesome. Diablo Cody's. Uh, uh, Representative who uh, and um, who also didn't knock yeah and also by the way who didn't and I like I mean again he's gonna come after me we're like sitting here in front of Mike's talking and everyone has gear on <laughs> and he's just like you what are you guys do doing in here yeah nothing building a pillow fort yeah <laughs> don't don't be confused these microphones are actually pillows yeah don't be confused we are delusional yeah and no one no one listens to this we're like just talking to each oh, other these wires aren't hooked up to anything this is like this couldn't look more like a podcast set <laughs> like than in my life like th- this looks like a like a smithsonian exhibit for what podcasts look like and i love how even it was like oh we're actually doing the bucket didn't dissuade him at all from like oh well i'm here for- yeah we're doing a podcast okay. great because uh, i have a bunch of chinese food <laughs> he, that was like diablo cody's rider was like just pounds of genghis cohen <laughs> Did you see how many bags that guy had with him? That was a lot of food. If he had a shopping cart, you might think he was a crazy cat lady. Yeah, but he, but no cats, just a lot of just a lot of food. Yeah, well, maybe they were in the food. It's we don't know. We don't know. We're not one hundred percent sure. I always wonder what people order. Like that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, that's where my stomach goes. I'm like, what's in those bags? You want to know? I don't care who this guy is, right? And that, or the fact that he clearly doesn't understand what a podcast looks like. Well, we <laughs> that doesn't concern me at all. I want to know what he's eating. <laughs> this is a. It, but who knows? Maybe maybe it could be a it could be a weird that it's if he doesn't recognize this as a podcast, maybe he doesn't actually recognize food. It could be just like boxes full of bolts. <laughs> That's his luggage. 
He carries his luggage <laughs> around in styrofoam, styrofoam with and plastic, plastic bags. bags. Yeah. Oh, I know I have two carry-ons here. Is that okay? Yeah, it's, it's, it, no, can, that's we, food. can we see if they fit in there? Yeah. <laughs> Just what's in there? Fresh underwear. People have the weirdest, though. You travel. Like, the weirdest thing that I always realize is there. some people are just like – their idea of, of space is insane to me. Where, like, now they have to have a box that says, if you don't fit in this box, you need to have your eyes checked. Right. Because I've seen guys who look like – they, they're going to have Mount Everest climbing bags. Like, I just flew back from Seattle, and the guy, this guy probably went mountain climbing. He tried to carry on, like, something that you would climb Everest with. Right. Like a full-body, snuggy backpack. And probably didn't understand. No, I'm like, he couldn't even, I'm like, if you're having trouble getting it down the aisle, you do realize as you go to the back of the plane, the upper head bin space gets smaller. Yeah, it's like it's like an it's it, it, he like for I don't know where he was going to put it. It was not going to fit under the seat or whatever. I'm like, hopefully you bought a seat for your luggage, <laughs> and you're just going to like seat belt it in or something. Oh, there's there's baby there's babies in here. That's so it's okay. <laughs> I'm transporting I'm baby transporting babies. Guys, it's fine. It's just human They're trafficking. Just it's just babies. <laughs> they don't know. They they don't know. They're, They're asleep. asleep. Yeah. They're giving gassed. Yeah. <laughs> but it's you know you it's weird when you travel like and again I don't. I don't know who this guy was. I mean, maybe there were maybe there were important things like l- organs in there or something. Sure, but it's like there, you know, you travel with pipe people now. organs, <laughs> pipe organs. Yeah, it, it was just a bagpipe <laughs> that was meant to look like a backpack because he was embarrassed of playing. Oh, it. But if you're traveling in Scotland, you you can't go out. With you're gonna have to check the bagpipes. Have you been to Scotland? Yes. You've been there for Fringe, or I've I, I've seen Fringe. I haven't performed in Fringe. I've been I've been to Scotland twice. I just got back. There really is, and I was in Edinburgh which is like the tour- most touristy area like everything was plaid everything but you couldn't go i feel like everyone's ringtones were bagpipes oh sorry that's yours or me we both have this yeah we both have bagpipes I, I i the thing that's fascinating to me about edinburgh is that it's um how uh stratified the city is to represent the social classes that the poor people really did live on the bottom and the rich people would literally dump their buckets of shit out onto the poor people. You are so right. It's like the it's a castle in the clouds. Yeah. yeah. And it's like and it, and it spirals down. It's like have you have you been to Prague? I've not been to Prague. Like no. the castle from the 1300s, they built it from like historical so as it gets newer you can almost see like a time lapse of of the thing getting newer but the rich are in the middle and then at the top and everybody just kind of like trickles down yeah it's like the one percenter and then everybody else it's a physical representation of, of where you their stand place in life it, yeah. right in the pyramid yeah it, it's weird and because yeah yeah obviously i mean even in the hills like there are you know like we sort of do that today but it, it's not more obvious than it is in edinburgh right yeah i've seen that too you know and speaking of well, to go back to earlier, uh, Snazzy Airlines, Lufthansa. Yeah. Oh, are so you great. The only problem I have with Lufthansa, and I, they are legends, by the way. The I had um, this German guy in the. There's, I don't know if it was just him. He was telling me that I, if I wanted to upgrade, it was going to be two thousand dollars or something, and I thought I could use my points. And he, in the most polite. But like kind of like – I'm going to use the word snarky way. He was like giving me the number as if it was like – so if you have like $2,000 cash, we'll be happy to upgrade you. <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I can't use my points. And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid, yeah, stupid child. Yeah, yeah. And this, yeah, if you know anything about anything, you would know that. <laughs> 
like this is a. I mean, this one, hey, uh, Gonta. Hey, you, this man probably also think that the podcast room is not a podcast room. It was that he guy. He probably thinks it's an eatery of some type. He's like, he's like, Gunter, Well, let me. He was like, let me call over my manager, Gunter, to find out. Gunter, um, this American wondering if he can use points. I uh, one second. I'm, I'm busy over here with the Diablo Cody podcast. Oh, oh are you guys running a podcast over this here? A podcast over I here. thought it was a sale on microphones. <laughs> I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was just a really <laughs> shitty garage sale. You only have three microphones and a laptop. <laughs> Clearly American. It was just like I was like no. He, it, the guy was like so if you if you just have like twenty five hundred no it was twenty five hundred dollars. But he said he was like let me check and the guy knew the whole time. He knew I couldn't do points because I like I fly United enough. It's a, it's a Star Alliance partner. This has just been one ad for the airlines. You and I. Well, I, we know, better I get free flights out of this. A, Chris. It's a fair and balanced. You know, we're talking about the the ones that we. Well, because it, uh, flying back from Austria and Lufthansa was amazing. Yes, and and. Uh, and uh, American has a, a fleet of A three twenty ones that are super updated. L A to New York. So I've been super into those, you know. Like you do. You na- the that's the thing. You get like – I feel like it's not even like a money thing. You just – you know what you want. Well, because if you have to do it a lot, it's – It's imp- like underwear. You, it's like underwear. Flying is underwear. It really is. Flying is underwear. I need the plane to cradle my balls in a comfortable way. Which they do – well, they don't do that on Virgin. Virgin won't cradle your balls. No, because it's a virgin. There you go. <laughs> they don't – I don't know. But they but there are sir I'm telling you like with I think with you are going to call from Virgin. Guys, we will totally cradle you. Guys, balls. I, you haven't been on our newest planes, the they're, Cradler. <laughs> <laughs> they, the, the the 787 Creamliner, they will totally cradle your balls. It's just a hand. <laughs> it's just like and it's like it's on the bottom so it's just like you can pull it up or down. <laughs> it's sir, literally it's a cup holder. We need you to <laughs> <laughs> we, we we need we need to we we need your ball cradler down for taxi and takeoff. Say, guys, yeah. everything has to be up and off you, and it's like, but it feels so. Good. That's how they wake you up. They tap it, <laughs> sir, you know sir. Is, is is seeing different rules on different airlines? Because flying back, I flew back from. I was in Montreal last weekend, and flying back on Air Canada, you're not allowed to have your personal headphones in for takeoff yes. and landing. Which, Isn't that weird? And it, it, I mean, I guess I understand that if that takeoff and landing is when something's more likely to happen, and they probably want people paying attention to the. To, but why does only Air Canada have? I mean, I, it's like you don't. I don't. Maybe it, maybe it's all of Canadian airlines. I don't know. I just I've only flown Air Canada, so I don't I don't know. But uh, they brag that they are the number one airline in North America for the past like I mean umpteenth year. Oh really? Yeah. That, that every time that I've flown Air Canada, I feel like they let you know how great. People think they are. There's a lot of ways to judge number one, though. Yeah, it's like a JD Powers and Associate Award. Right. It's like every, everyone gets some award. It's like if someone uh, if someone makes like um, uh, a horror movie about rats, and then it whenever it opens, they're like the number one rat horror movie in America. No, this summer is this summer. <laughs> There's another one in the winter that's going to top it. <laughs> but you're right. They, they do. The, 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 it's weird, like, the, the reviews. And then the thing is, like, I don't check the bibliography on plane, self-plane reviews. Or, like, you know, so I don't know where they're pulling that from or whatever. Right. But that's such a weird thing, I think, to announce on a flight you're already on. Like, you don't have to convince me. I'm here. Yep. You have my money. I'm in the seat. I'm, in the, I'm not going anywhere. And then people, they're saying it like, tell your friends. Right. But if I had a bad experience, I'm like, the, we almost died, but they said they were the number one. <laughs> they're, they're number one at almost killing people. But the, uh, I, I always feel bad for a flight attendants when they have to read the, when they have to do the credit card pitch. Because you can hear in their voice, like, 
Because it used to be cash. The subtext is... No, I mean like with like the credit card deals. Like sign up for the this oh, credit card, yeah, 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 and yeah. you'll get points. Like you can just feel in their voice the "I'm sorry, I have to do this. I'm I apologize." Well, it's the German guy who's like rewarding you, who's like, "And we'd like to give a special thank you to the people that are already in the freaking flyer who are earning valuable miles with each flight. And if you're not, you're a complete fucking moron." Like Jonathan Kite, yeah, Jonathan. No, that he couldn't use points even if I'm not on the money. flight. Yeah. <laughs> It's like this is one kite who cannot fly. fly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, were you on the flight the other day? Because this guy was just bashing you. He, like all, I think it was all of Lufthansa. Actually, I'm in the program. <laughs> There's just like an X over. But it's me. just a weird, like, like paparazzi photo of you at the counter, like, sh- like throwing up your arms. It's like me I don't know, eating a burrito, <laughs> hammered at a stand that is clearly closed and wanting me to leave. <laughs> Your so pants are down. There's a lot of employees who are just like pointing at watches, <laughs> like in the background, and, and me being like, "Can I get one more sauce?" And they've drawn like a cartoon <laughs> gasp out of your butt, like yeah. you're just farting. It's, and the whole photo has then also been graffitied, like Snapchat. Yep. I'm like, gee, that's the press photo we're using, guys. Thank you for flying Lufthansa. Thank you. With, oh. Unless you're Jonathan Kite. Unless you're, yeah. No, Jonathan, they like to have me as the example. Stand up. <laughs> Stand, Stand up. Why do I keep flying them? <laughs> that doesn't make sense I from my point of view. I keep hoping it's going to get better. I keep hoping that they'll, they'll be like, guys, I'm here. And they're like, oh, I don't even have to go to Germany. I'm just doing this to try to understand. I'm the only one who's flying domestic flights in America on Lufthansa. <laughs> I'm getting off in Chicago. Yeah, I'm not, fl- I'm not flying to Germany. No, it's too far. But they, those are, you are not wrong. Those are gorgeous Really planes. nice planes. They, I, and I don't know how they get it so right. Uh, you know, G- Germans are good with engineering and precision. And they, they, like, they just know they just they, they know how to cradle the balls. Well, they, they have a standard. That, and I feel like you want, once they've acquired, you know, they won't deviate from it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think there's so many, because America's so big, there's like, you know, really like frontier and spirit and, you know, where it's like you pay for the seat, but you didn't pay for that armrest. Right. You didn't pay for the bags. You didn't pay for the, like, everything is an add-on. Right. And it's because everybody's looking for, like, a cheaper deal. All of these kind of third market airlines have been able to pop up. Right. So there's, we have almost no standard <laughs> of flying. Welcome to US. Jet, huh? Yeah, wait, sorry, JetBlue? No, Jet no, no, no. Ha. Jet Ha is an offshoot of JetBlue. Yeah, yeah, it's cheaper. Are we going to make it? Eh. Yeah. Well, that's a fee. Eh. Yeah, you, we've made it half the way unless everybody pays. <laughs> they just we are start. crashing. Yeah, Bane just gets on the mark. <laughs> we're crashing. <laughs> everybody. Well, we we're passing around the baskets. We don't take cash. It's church. Yep. Church air. Yep. You're flying with Jesus. <laughs> Jesus literally is the co-pilot. <laughs> oh my God! Some church should get an airline. They would make a killing. They, they you, you absolutely. If they were the the official airline of Jesus the Christ, official airline of Jesus and, and God. Yeah. We, yeah, Jesus is the co-pilot, and Pontius is the pilot. Welcome to Trinity Air. No Jews. Unless one of you wants to become the Holy Ghost, you better keep paying. <laughs> they they scare you into it. It's it's a fear based. It's the number one fear based airline in the Northwest. If, if God comes to claim you, not, not our fault. You know, it's actually pretty uh, n- uh, not bad airline. Just uh, popping up the Pacific Northwest. Alaska Air is pretty. pretty I just pretty flew great. it. I just flew it to um to Seattle, Seattle and probably, back. Right? Yeah. yeah, because it was the it was a nonstop. And it was comfortable. It's it ran very well. Virgin used to fly direct to Portland, which I like to go to from time to time. And then they stopped. You have to you have to change planes in San Francisco, which is their hub. But Alaska goes straight to Portland, and Alaska's uh, really, really, really nice. Well, that's the thing. If you can find your niche, 
Like that's there's enough people that are flying from here up the coast, and it's a long enough flight that makes sense for them money wise. I feel like that's the one that that should be the standard because then I think I, I looked at some of the other options, and it was like maybe a hundred dollars cheaper, but the layover was like seven hours. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Alaska Airlines, how much is your time worth? <laughs> you know, I'll just pay the extra two hundred dollars and not be in an airport for so, uh, yeah most uh, of the day. Yeah, you're right. I mean that because my mother, I used to joke with her. She would fly out here to visit me, and she would be like, yeah, the flight was only $300. And I'm like, yeah, but why – sorry, why are you flying out on Tuesday and getting here Thursday? <laughs> like she had like you know an overnight layover in Denver, and like you know she had all this stuff. And I was like, mom, pretty soon you just need to – no layovers. Whatever. That, that's my one thing. Yeah. I can't do layovers. They're very it's, – it's, when you have to do it a lot, it's very stressful to – because uh, especially I feel like lately – it's questionable whether or not you'll make your layover. That's what I was going to say. Because you usually yes. only get like an hour, 40, 40 minutes to like an hour and a half, two hours to make your... So if you're even a little bit late, especially flying out of a hub like LA, Chicago, Atlanta, New York, you may or may not make that connecting flight. And you're worried if your bags are going to make it. Like at least I'm running, but yeah. I feel... And I don't... I know the guys that handle the bags. That's a very... It's a, that's such a weird job. That is actually you. You're a part of the U.S. Postal Service. You just don't know it. It's like <laughs> you know, but and, and we lose letters all the time. Like to lose bags like that. If I'm running, there was a flight that I had to make when I was going overseas, and I had and I flew out of Houston, and I was I was sprinting across the airport like a John Hughes movie, trying to make that flight. And the whole time, I'm like, is my bag going to make it? And the spoiler alert, it didn't. Of course. And so I, you know, me getting there with all the urgency in the world. It's like the amount of time to get all those bags on the the conveyor belt and like to have them move to the planes like it just makes it so tough. Well, I uh uh I will not check a bag if there's any possible way that I can help it because it just adds time when you get to the airport and you get and they almost made me check my bag. I you know, I have a bag that's the perfect size. It is it is I bought it because like this is the largest allowable suitcase. Yes. But when I was coming back from Montreal, there was a super snarky uh, agent at the uh, like going into security. I mean, like super snarky, like the guy that. And you know, in his defense, you're dealing with thousands of people a day. Yeah. And I'm sure that most of them are very annoying and are doing the kind of things like you're trying to bring your fucking rucksack. Uh, uh you know. Yeah. But you know, this bag it was. It looks like it should fit in the thing. And he was like, you got to put it in this thing to make sure it fits. And I'm like, okay. I mean, and then you get a little defensive because you're like, well, I'm not a moron. Like, I travel. But, of course, he deals with a lot of morons. And so you don't – he doesn't have information on you. But I start, you know, I start sliding it into the little thing. And I dropped it so it kind of went in head first. And without even missing a beat, he goes, that's not how it fits in. And I go, I dropped it. I it's haven't not, yeah, even. Yeah. And then he This story's turned. not over. This story's not over. And then he started snarking at the other guy who was laughing at me because I was like, I know. I'm just, I'm trying to get it in there. And, uh, but, and he was, uh, he turned out to be a been awful, awful. Well, you know how, because it usually goes is when, like, I, when I was going, when I just got back from China, when we were taking off, like, I remember we were at the gate and somehow this woman had gotten through this bag to that point in the security. When I say this bag, it was like the size of this table. And like this, they were like, you have to see if it can fit in there. And clearly it didn't. But the woman like went, you know what, A plus for commitment on her part. Because she went over there as if it was going to fit in there. And it couldn't even, it couldn't even like rest on top. Like, you know how like an ice cream on top of a cone? Right. That's what it looked like. Yep. And it was like, it was a Cinderella 
evil stepsister trying to shove that foot in that shoe. There was no way that was her shoe. And like she couldn't get it in and they were like – and it was like this woman like just keeps stuff sacking it in. But it had like a skeleton of the suitcase that wasn't bending. Right. It wasn't like she was stuffing – like it wasn't a sleeping bag that she was trying to cram into a space and it just annoyed the heck out of her. And she kept like being like, no, no, no. The shoe fits. Let me just try it from this angle. And everyone was like, there is no way. You need to get your eyes – I think you have cataracts. <laughs> you don't understand how space works. Yeah. She she had no – I'll remember – I'll never forget. It was like a pir- – purplish pink bag that just it was and i feel like he was you have to do that though you have to say let's see if it'll fit sure so that that you can give them the opportunity to to fail themselves instead of making the decision that they've already failed and that was like one of the weirdest things because she wouldn't let it go i do you know i feel like the tsa people get a lot of shit but i also but i also feel like having to deal with the types of people that they have to deal with all day i wouldn't be able to do it i would snap on people so hard at, like within hour one like just shut the fuck up and put your suitcase over like there's no no you're right everyone's got a story you know i've done it too everyone's like well i know i know but i'm not like everybody yes we are or but also like you're super else. protective of your personal shit yeah when i was flying back from somewhere they made everybody open their suitcases and it was like um, people at the DMV were those TSA agents. Mm-hmm. So they actually had like a side table where they would split it up into two conveyor belts. And, like every third one, they would just like randomly search a bag. And then they'd have to go over there like it was like, you know when they're like return – well, not I don't personally know this. But you know when they like return things to you after you get out of prison? Yeah. Like one pack of gum, one pack <laughs> of whatever. That's what they were doing. They were opening up people's suitcases and they were just like taking shit out and they were going through. And the thing is, like, I don't think anybody had, you know, it, it wasn't just like, how did those 40 dildos get in there? Right. But it was like, you just don't, like, I don't want my stuff out and the stuff in the open. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's you very. You just don't want that. And then you're, like, super protective. I don't know where your hands have been. They've been all over everybody's stuff. <laughs> and so they're just, like, cramming they're it just in. just cross-pollinating all these germs from all over the world. Yeah. You know I have gonna to be, burn it's gonna this. It's going to be fucking 12 monkeys. <laughs> you're so right. I'm like, by the way, you can keep my suitcase and just put it in that oven. Just burn it. Yeah, it doesn't. And I'm glad we both realized I'm not a terrorist, and now I don't want this shit anymore. But it's, I, when I have a really, I have a really long beard. It, like on the summer, I just like take a vacay, and I and I, I'm like I, I'm in not t- my buddy and I joke that we're in terrorist mode because um we just let it grow, and if I get tan, guarantee I will. I have been stopped at a train station by authorities. Like my buddy and I, and we get stopped so much, it's like a tracking shot from an Aaron Sorkin show. We just keep our conversation going while they're interrogating us. Officer, I'm on two broke girls. No, that guy's Ukrainian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ukrainian terrorist. That's Chechnya. <laughs> I don't think you know how the world works. Um, but it, it's so. It's like it really was. We were we we came back from Paris to London on the Eurostar, and I remember like everybody was going, and we were stopped. My friend is Syrian. Super pale, looks Scottish. He has like a huge red, kind of like WWE or WWF 80s wrestling mustache. Yep. Just like the biggest, but in, and his passport is American, but like, I, I don't know if his, his, his name, his name, 
I don't know if his his last name like is it maybe it's just rings a bell or something. It's terrorista. Yeah, hilarious. The bomb. Why did you you have a middle name? Your nickname, the bomb, is on your name. Why is that weird? Freddie the bomb Sarkis. Yeah, I'm a wrestler and a terrorist. What's the problem? It's just him holding up a bomb in his passport photo. They didn't even ask for your photo. You handed them a headshot. <laughs> a bomb is your is your passport photo. Oh, bomb. Well, yeah, uh, but an old timey yeah. cartoon one. It's his face on a clock. Oh, that doesn't that doesn't make. Why would you do that? I don't understand. You weren't killing us. Do that. And we're walking through, and we are literally like they put our bags on the conveyor belt, and it's going through. And he, we're literally just keeping like, so yeah, when we get back to here, just make sure that we, and they are like looking through our bags and everything. And we never lose eye contact as the camera just keeps going to the fluid shot, the the old Scorsese to the kitchen. And then we just grab our bags and go because we know when the two of us are together, we know that that we're going to get stopped a hundred percent. And it's like, there's nothing you can do about it. And you just are kind of like, you know what? Just add time to your time at the airport, but now at the train station, yeah, which that that I think surprised us both because uh, but whatever, I mean, you know, you just you have to know i mean i hate i always I always hate when my luggage gets flagged for something. It got flagged in Montreal because I have a little Bluetooth speaker, and there were some wires in one of the pockets, and so yeah. they pull it out. But I also appreciate like, good, go through bags, make sure these are okay. At least I know you're doing stuff. I, I appreciate this. I've gotten things on airplanes that I didn't know was in my bag, and I thought that was weird. That I was like, oh, my God, for all the times you could have stopped me, you didn't stop me for this. Like the surface-to-air missile that you got on Yeah, there. well, I have a missile-shaped bag. <laughs> it's just a missile. I would, I would do that. I just want to have a missile with a handle. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, this is, a, this is TSA approved. <laughs> Trust me. It fits. It says I love America on it. <laughs> but, but America's spelled wrong. I was just going to say A-M-U-R. it's M. It's U It's brought to you by Cleveland Clunes. The other side says Explosivo on it, though. What does that mean? The, oh, it's a. Is there liquid in here? Yeah, it's the fuel. <laughs> the, can Sorry, I, I feel like you're not getting me. Yeah, what's the problem? It fit in the thing. Oh, God. Fucking that, dicks. That's what it is. It's got to be. It's like, no, this is my carry on. You know that, like, some hip, like Alexander McQueen, is going to have little, little bomb shaped bags. <laughs> no. That's the one thing people will not F with. They just won't. But that's like, but it's true. Like the stuff they'll flag. And it is. My my father has a beard down to his um, mid stomach. And he's always had that. And he, he's, um, on my father's side, we're Georgian and, uh, and Romanian. And it's like, and I, for him, he doesn't fly all that often, but he's got to be super careful going through there. Cause he just, his type, you know, like, you know, when they have like pictures up of like don't let these people on the lot or something <laughs> right like my father looks like red flag <laughs> like just like the archetype for guy we, we got to check your beard because you know that was like a thing like recently in prisons they were talking about could people sneak things in in their beard and my friend was working on a case in seattle as, a, as an attorney and then she she was like no no no, no. and then she's like and then i remember your father and then I remember you might be able to do that. You could sneak something in your the beard. The old, like, file. The, be- the, bir- the beard is the new birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sir. We got to check your facial hair. That seems to be a, but Why would he shave his beard into the shape of a file? I mean, that's a very bad choice. It, it, that's payas. <laughs> that's a hipster Jew. Come on. I'm sorry. Hipster Jews. I mean, come on. But he does. He has, like, a, a very big... I mean, you know, that that's the thing. They check bags. I want to know in America what are the specific things that they check. Because I feel like in, in other countries, it, it, I don't know. I don't fly them enough to know. But there's certain criteria where I feel like they just look at something and they're just like, you're flagged. You're flagged. And it, it doesn't – I mean, I know that it's supposed to be random. 
You guys can't see it, but it looks like it looks like a Decepticon. It's a yeah. That's one of the Constructicons out yeah, there yeah. building a new base. Fun, yeah, yeah. Uh, or or it's that guy like, oh, is this making noise? <laughs> He's he's trying to get in another way <laughs> by breaking down the wall. He thinks the podcast is that uh, bulldozer. Guys, we're in here waiting. That's a bulldozer. You're, you're talking into the uh, giant shovel. That's not. Is this thing on? <laughs> Stop. Tap- uh, this doesn't record or amplify anything. That guy's like an old man who refuses to get glasses. He's like, Dad, you need glasses. No, I'm good. I'm he was good. like 29 years no, old, though. You'd think he would know. He's talking to a bulldozer. <laughs> I wonder if when Diablo Cody does come and we start doing the podcast, Podcast. We'll just be halfway through, and he's like, "So when are you guys going to start?" I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, this is part of the guys. Where do I put my luggage? <laughs> Who is what is that, that guy? Bomb shaped luggage. What is that? That's what's oh, in there. The he's bags. got the food bags inside. There is bomb shaped luggage. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by bomb shaped luggage. <laughs> Rocket fuel bomb shaped luggage. <laughs> the, 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 the luggage that says you will never fly again. Yeah, that, that guarantee to put you on the no fly list forever. A hundred percent. Well, I, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I don't ever want to do anything that jeopardizes my TSA pre-check status. Dude, because once that goes away, it's, oh. you can't, it's too hard to get it back. It's hard to go, and, and, it's, and it's hard to go back to just like, wait, I get lied at the airport. And, you know, if I only had to do it every once in a while, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but I travel almost every weekend. That's how it was for me over the summer, and I, and that, I realized, like, there's things that I never dislike that I could have taken in small quantities, but mm-hmm. yeah, when you have to do them every single weekend... You're like, how do I not – how do I get this out of my life? Like the simplest thing and, and that was the line was the biggest thing because you always – everybody always has one guy. You know like when you're in LA and you see like the, the traffic's going, you never hope that someone is hurt. But you're like, I hope there's an accident. <laughs> and it's not just people and not right. looking at a parked motorcycle exactly. on the side of the road. Or checking out a Bugatti. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mom, that's the rap song. And so what, what I – but that's the thing about the, TA, or the, the, um, the airport. You know there's no accident. There's not like man in a wheelchair down. You know that it's just somebody who's never flown before. Right. Who's carrying um, a camelback full of water. <laughs> you can't bring this. It's Why just are you? Lawrence of Arabia traveling on south. West and everything is just a sack of water. Now you're shitting on the floor. Where are Why? You? But I have to say, the TSA people have been some of the coolest people that I've met because they tend to be the ones that are like, "Oh, I love the tack of the show." Like they're the ones that watch G4, play video games. They recognize the symbol on my Thundercats messenger bag. Like I, I, I get more. I feel like the TSA people that have talked there's more nerd cred in the TSA than oh, I, that I've seen. I don't blame TSA people ever. I think it's it's like the one guy who's not aware of who who woke up from a coma that he got like like it's Captain America. He went into a coma <laughs> in the late 30s early 40s and doesn't understand how the plane works. Like right. even a young person who's like never seen a flight movie, never like has seen an airplane in the air and wondered what a big silver bird was. <laughs> and then cuz I I what are those air whales? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm going to fly air whale. <laughs> that seems like the worst. Like you take the thing that will never fly. Ostrich Airlines. It's not going to it can't. That feels like we're crashing head first. Well, they can't go backwards at least. That's right. Well, that would be good though. What, a backwards walking ostrich? Well, yeah. No, a backwards plane. Oh, that'd be fun. Well, I feel like, because you only have one option. So the problem is I feel like if you go into a storm, like you already are in it. You're going that direction. Yeah. But if a plane, that's the kind of the cool thing about a helicopter. If it could kind of, a plane could go like beep, yeah. beep, beep, yep. and back up and back like up. avoid it. Beep, just to let all the 
birds. The other the other planes the behind other planes it. Know Check behind your you. rear view mirror. <laughs> Does this plane not see that I'm trying to back up? Come on, man. I got a rear camera here, but I still can't see the sides. So did you see? I saw the vacation movie. Did you see that? But you saw vacation? Yeah, with Ed, Ed's movie. I thought it was great. I oh, thought it was super funny. I think the trailer looks great. There's a thing though with the truck or the car they drive that has two mirrors, so and they face each other. Uh. So you can only see your face in the mirrors. That's really funny. But that's like I, I, yeah, I feel like those would be on a plane. You're like I can only see, I can see the back wing. Well, uh, we have to wrap this up because oh. there's a Diablo Cody is here next, and uh, the rep- food's getting cold. The food is getting his the luggage. luggage is his luggage is getting, getting cold. cold. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's going to be very confused about you know when we start talking into these pillows. So uh, these yeah, these giant dildos. These giant <laughs> these Muppet dildos. <laughs> they are total Muppet dildos. This was in Sweden's so far inside Sweden's butt. They're they're oh you know you know <laughs> you know actually who I think would be the biggest dildo freak of all the Muppets. And it's not someone that you would normally think about. And I tell you, you're going to go, uh-huh, uh-huh, Sam the Eagle. I feel like Sam the Eagle would be a Well, total... that's what that face is. Yep. He has that face like he's sitting on one right now. <laughs> yeah, the only ones that you think are not like Elmo. No. It's no, no. Sam. It's Sam. That's an Elmo, though, what you're talking into. Right. I'm, talk- I'm talking to Elmo. I'm Elmo talking to Elmo right now. It's red and bulbous and spongy. If 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 um if if uh, Sesame Street or Muppets were NBA players. <laughs> I'm just like, "What's up guys? How are you?" Hey, what's happening? Kermit Dong. Uh, but thank you so much for having me. Two Broke Girls, it comes yeah. back when? It comes back uh I don't know that we have a start date. I don't know what the fall schedule is yet, but we go back and it's probably going to be it's sometime in October or November. Okay. Yeah, but no, it, probably September, I would think. No, August. It starts later now. What? It's starting back in 2016. Is that true? Well, she knows more than I do. I think she said CVS. CVS. Yeah, there was an old the guy pharmacy. who was getting his blood pressure taken. Arr, two broke girls come back in 2016. Where am I? It's just an oracle. <laughs> the oracle of yeah. CVS. It's just, I'm like, geez. He's trying to talk to me about spoons. Um, yeah. The earth will undergo a period of great darkness, and two broke girls will be back <laughs> in January. <laughs> 2016. Is that last part? Wait, sorry. I, 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 the darkness I'm not really it's concerned fine, about. It's fine, it's fine. When's my show I'm not back? on the darkness. I am on two broke girls. CBS. When is that? What's going on with that? The nothing is coming. The nothing is coming until 2016. Oh, they look like good, strong hands. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that you do that. So good. Uh, Jonathan Kite, I'm so glad we were able to make this happen. Thank you so much for having me. Where can people find you on social media? At J.B. Kite. K-I-T-E. At J.B. Right. Kite. Come back on at midnight soon. Please. I would love that. We had a great time. Thank you so much yeah, for having us there. Of course. There. Uh, and that's it. Enjoy your burrito, which uh, is uh, enjoy your luggage. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.